Welcome to the beautiful city of Campbell River in our Modern Entrepreneur podcast series at the 50th Parallel. That's me. You've got questions, we've got experts. Let's find answers. Welcome to another edition of the Modern Entrepreneur at the 50th Parallel. I'm your host, Rose Klukas, Manager of Economic Development for the City of Campbell River. And today our guest is Laurel Sliskovic from The Sociable Scientist. Hello, Laurel. Hello, Rose. Laurel, before I ask you to tell us a bit about what's happening in your life as an entrepreneur and teacher, I think you're doing some of that as well, why don't you tell us what is a sociable scientist? (laughs) (laughs) Besides the question that I guess asked the most often, I study people and their interactions with community. So my focus is mostly around leisure, so recreation and tourism and the things that people do in their spare time. And then I add research into that so I make sure that the the projects that I'm working on are grounded in research that I'm either conducting primarily on my own or that I'm gathering from other sources and bringing into the projects that I'm doing to make a more informed initiative or project or assistance with an other ongoing project with the community. Okay, well, we're going to ask some more questions about that in a little bit. But I want to actually ask you a little bit about your history with Campbell River. Like, what is your connection to Campbell River? Are you from here? Was there a journey that brought you here? (laughs) I moved to Campbell River in 2013, basically because I saw an opportunity to live in a community that was fairly undiscovered, I suppose, Mm -hmm. in kind of that you know, people moving to new places. And I wanted to stay on the island. I had done my undergraduate degree and my grad degree both in Nanaimo and then wanted a bit smaller of a community. And Campbell River seemed to offer a lot of exciting potential and the access to the waters, unparalleled from anywhere I've ever been and lots of trails. And people seemed interested in recreation and leisure, but there was a gap in some of the services that I saw being offered. So looked like just a bit of a point of a few different opportunities that could be explored here in Campbell River. And was that sort of the start of your journey as an entrepreneur? Yes. Did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I don't think I was ever one of those people who knew what they wanted to be. I really, I really didn't. And yeah, after completing a master's, I knew I wanted to get into teaching. And so North Island College was also on my list of places that I wanted to look for employment opportunities. But then I really did see a gap in what was happening with leisure research and recreation development and tourism development, even though a lot of that was happening here. But some of the projects that I saw happening were being conducted by people who were living off island. And I thought there's a lot of people here that probably have more to contribute. And so I looked for some sort of a way to kind of combine my research and my academic interests with also business and entrepreneurship. And Campbell River has been the best place to do that. Well, there's no doubt about that. (laughs) Okay, so under the umbrella of the social sociable scientist consultant, what are some of the services that you offer? I've done research projects for smaller communities. So like the village of Cumberland, I did a recreation review and that involved some community engagement and, mm-hmm. and looking at different ways to connect with community and ask people what they were interested in having for services and also talking with some of the staff about what services they could offer and, and where the community was at and what sort of 
facilities were available or potentially in development. I've also worked up and down the island with destination tourism organizations looking at visitor experiences because, again, that's another gap in information that we have. Particularly now, there's a lot of like digital resources and and research that's available, but whether or not that is accessible to the average tourism operator or even the destination marketing organizations themselves to figure out what that data means and and trying to find ways to mobilize that knowledge and involve the people who are affected by it in just kind of sorting through what that means as well. So each of the projects that I do, I also have that component built in where I try to really connect back with the people who are going to be reading that report and and making it more than a report so that they're involved in even in the data collection itself and just helping people see that it's not so scary and we don't have to be worried about asking people for their feedback mm-hmm. um, because, you know, that really does help build the community and it helps builds the business community as well to to not just be responding but to be part of that so yeah some private business public institutions and anything that has to do with leisure and community development is where my projects end up so it's interesting because you talk about community consultation which of course is important when you want to know what uh, how your business is serving the community but also gathering statistic for the work that you're doing what are some tips that you have on engaging the community? I think it's always important to really look at the questions that you're asking and ask yourself why you're even asking that because it's it's a little bit unfair to be asking questions that you're not going to do anything with, you know, because a lot of people think they don't have time to respond to a survey or they don't want to come in and give their opinion about something and be like, well, what did you end up doing with that? And if we're asking people to give us their time and their feedback, it's important to really look at those questions and say, why are we asking this? And what are we going to do with the results once we get them? And sometimes you have to take questions out because you can't do anything about them. And then, you know, you don't want the public to feel like, yeah, they gave their answers for nothing because that produces apathy down the road because they think, well, I participated in that last thing and nothing came of it. So why am I going to do this again? So I think that, yeah, really examining the questions that you're asking and finding the champions within, you know, a, a subgroup of people maybe that could potentially help spread the word as well about why that matters. And then also going to where people are at because so often we expect people to come to us and and meet us where we're at because maybe we have this you know space in mind or we want people to come to but you know particularly around accessibility and making sure that people across our communities are able to to participate in things like maybe we go to an elementary school and you know we're there at drop-off time or something so that moms who are dropping off their kids you know maybe they can't go to something in the evening because they're getting their kids ready for bed but they want to participate in something so finding different ways to just to simply meet people where they're at is always a good strategy. And you dropped the word survey. So is that uh, typically how you collect information? And are you you're primarily collecting that information for the businesses that are tapping into your services? Uh, It definitely depends. I find it's often a good part of a research. project or or and is that in person or you're really like no I hear and yeah I I find online surveys work well because then people can do it at the time that it's convenient Mm. for them specifically with visitors visitor intercept surveys 
don't necessarily work because, you know, maybe the first time someone's in your community or they're going to try to catch a whale watching boat or they're just trying to get checked into their hotel or they need to do other things and then people are distracted and they're not necessarily giving you that time. And and not always, but in, in certain circumstances. I find focus groups work really well if they're facilitated by someone who has skills in that department because we all know of, you know, one person who can kind of take over a conversation. And again, that doesn't value people's time. So making sure that there's someone there who can guide that discussion or draw information out of people who are maybe less vocal at the beginning but have valid opinions or things to say nonetheless so finding a combination of all of that and and you know finding some way to connect with people as well so that they trust you as the person that they're giving information to as well right um, is is a really important part of any of that process and so what's the best way that um, we we're ta- we talk a lot about technology and innovation <laughs> Is there a way to use your online surveys and incentivize people to actually participate in surveys? Because we, I know we live in a day of where data is king, right? Mm-hmm. We're looking at data to analyze our business opportunities, our customer base, programs or services that we offer. Any secret tips on how to make people fill out those surveys? It's a bit of a... It's an ethical question, right? Because you don't want to, or I've always been taught and I practice that you don't want to incentivize people to the point where people are just participating to win a prize. And so often I ask for participation and then once a survey is completed, then I put that name into a draw for a prize. And making it relevant to what you're asking people about is is certainly makes sense. And because we're trying to foster, you know, community, making sure that that's an actual local business. If it's a gift card, you know, that it's not just a generic mm-hmm. franchise or like kind of a global gift card. And that, you know, that may be great. But it, yeah, I just try to think of like the whole cycle of what that process is. And particularly with destination development, you know, we, we want people to come back to the community and maybe participate in another tourism experience. So involving the people that are going to benefit from that survey as well, or businesses or organizations are going to benefit asking them if they'll participate in some sort of a prize so that again so it's not directly like you fill out a survey you get something because then that makes it very transactional and that's not what I'm looking for generally when I conduct surveys or or research projects. Okay so you have a reasonably niche market business. Mm -hmm. How do you market your business? (laughs) Marketing is a big part of everybody's business. Mm -hmm. What do you do to grow your client base? I generally try to practice what I promote. So I go to events that I think are valuable in the community and I I actively participate in community celebrations or if there is a, you know, a research project or even if I get phoned, you know, I'm always the first person who's like, yes, I'll, I'll participate in your survey because... If I see value in it, of course, but um, yeah, and and showing up to open houses that my community is putting on, if they're asking for consultation, I think it's important to show up and demonstrate that I'm willing to be a participant as well. And most of my marketing is fairly natural, I would say, and just creating community connections with people that I think are doing good things in the community, or maybe where I see that they could use some assistance or, you know, scoping out what other people are doing in terms of community engagement as well, because that's a way for me to learn about other techniques and, and what's working and what's not. 
Okay, it's challenging being an entrepreneur. I probably don't have to tell you that. (laughs) What are some of the biggest challenges your business is facing or has faced and some lessons that maybe you've learned? It's a very cyclical and unpredictable space that I operate in. And so sometimes I do a good job of keeping on top of it and you know, planning for those downtimes mm-hmm. or even planning for uptimes, you know, mm-hmm. because sometimes I'm juggling multiple projects as well. And so, yeah, for me, it's it's just trying to remember that the project that I'm working on at the moment is the most important project and doing my best to follow through and to think of not only what needs to happen now, but what needs to happen in the future. And, and also remembering that in the downtimes to take that time because that's part of the joy of being an entrepreneur as well, is that if it's a sunshiny day and I have a good book to read and maybe something not pressing, that I can take a Monday morning and and use that time to take it for me so that if I have to work until midnight on a Thursday that week, because that's when the work has come in, that I'm doing that. And and again, reminding myself that that's what I love about being an entrepreneur and and creating my own schedule is you also have to remember to take the time when you have it. (laughs) Yep. Okay, so what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? And maybe some of the mistakes that you could have avoided? I mean, you talked about, you know, planning, probably for the financial component of being an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur and those ups and downs. But any other helpful tips? I don't know if I'm learning lessons or not. (laughs) I think you have already shared some of them. So I think yes, you have. Maybe that planning your own time part? Yeah, I I think so. And and also being realistic that you have to work for your own paycheck and not everyone is okay with that. And if you're not, you know, maybe entrepreneurship mm-hmm. isn't the thing for you. And that's totally okay. We need people in different ways earning income in our communities. Yeah, and just really having a network of people that also support me and you know go to bat for me as well or kind of recommend projects and you know keeping my ear out for those things and trying to be open to possibilities but also recognizing that I have to say no to some things maybe I need that income but that's not the right project for me and that can be a very difficult decision to make but I've worked on projects that aren't really what I want to be doing and I don't that doesn't work that's not my best work I'm not doing the best work for you know a partner or a client as well and finding ways to yeah be able to communicate that as well in a way that feels good for me and is hopefully beneficial for that potential partner as well. Okay so this is a podcast about entrepreneurships and business development and communities like Campbell River everywhere they're looking at ways to diversify their economies and we're one of the ways that we're looking at that is through tech and innovation so from the work you've done in sociable scientists how have leisure-based businesses added to Campbell River's diverse economy? Oh, I think being able to get more people out into the wilderness and creating ways for people to connect with other people. It, it's been really interesting to see even some of the, you know, the dance studios, what they're offering for adults and just putting themselves out there to let people explore things that maybe they really enjoyed as as kids you know and some of that adult programming I see some really interesting things happening in Campbell River and you know and like or rentals like there's e-bike rentals and there's 
roller skate rentals. And I think, again, just giving people the opportunity to try things without a lot of commitment because, you know, everything takes money and time to participate in. And it's nice to be able to try things. So I've been really impressed by seeing just that ability of, yeah, of a few different businesses offering that, you know, rental or kind of short term, yeah, I guess like lack of commitment kind of programming, I think is really important. And particularly as people are moving to Campbell River or moving back to Campbell River. A lot of people that are in my age group anyway that grew up here and now are moving back and raising their families and they're trying to get into things. And there's been some really interesting ways that the leisure sector has really opened up opportunities for that. You know, like we have a we have a spin slash pizza right. beer place. <laughs> like, you know, you I eat all the carbohydrates and then exercise afterwards yeah and like and letting people meet one another in ways that are not so sedentary is really something that I I really identify with and I think it creates community connections and free yoga in the park that the Mm -hmm. city and session are partnering on like I it's so amazing to see 50 some odd people out in the park you know looking out at the ocean and and just seeing other people in their community and and finding ways to connect and potentially then form friendships and and do other things and encourage one another to to get out and do things. I see that happening so much in Campbell River and it makes me very happy. Well, it is a fun community and you're right, even our cities see our live streets and salsa yes. dancing downtown and all the music and, yes, and um, it adds square. to right? Oh. It adds to the quality of life. Yes. I know that that's a big part of the work that you do as well and yes. that is how we keep businesses here in Campbell River and people here to stay and grow. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talked a bit about innovation and technology also being a part of our goals in Campbell River. Do you see that happening within leisure-based businesses as well? Are they adopting innovative principles or technology to operate? I think so. And again, for me, like some of the, the leisure, even if I don't necessarily see it directly in that business, I see it being supported by the business opportunities that exist within the community. So again, like you might meet someone at yoga and then you go to the co-work space and you meet people at co-work and then there's a Slack channel and people are communicating with one another there. So that tie-in isn't necessarily so overt for me personally in my experiences, but I know that it is happening for, yeah, for others. I just personally don't spend a lot of time online and connecting that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what would you say is one of the most satisfying moments in your career? Well, very recently, I I really like the opportunity to be able to to share knowledge back with others and and help people find ways that they can feel connected with research or learning or professional development and and recently I was a co-presenter at the Tourism Industry mm. of BC conference and I had connected with someone from the Women of Recreation, Tourism and Hospitality and She was doing a research project about women in the industry. She received a grant to hire a couple of students. She's an instructor at Capilano University. So myself and Joanna, who's the president of Worth, and two students, we all presented at the Tourism Industry Conference. And it was a real opportunity for us to bring students up and and help them feel confident that they could present and that they could participate in professional development opportunities and and reconnecting with some of my colleagues in person and just being part of 
the industry for over 20 years now and seeing some of that, you know, yeah, new people joining the industry and feeling good about it and feeling like it's a place for them where they can grow and learn and and that it's not just a service-based industry, which particularly tourism gets not the greatest reputation sometimes in terms of that development. So it was a really nice place to be, you know, on stage right. for lack of a better term, but also really, yeah, sharing, sharing knowledge with people and and helping people feel good about where they're at and, and what they can do and what they can bring to the industry. Well, it's really important, right? We need to be mentors for each other mm-hmm. as well when we have some skills that we can share. Okay, mm-hmm. we are entering the rapid fire <laughs> portion of our podcast, Laurel. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for rapid fire. What was your first job? Taco time and lifeguarding. If you were not doing your current job, what would you be doing? Volunteering all the time. What is your connection to Campbell River? Uh, everything. The ocean, the mountains, the trails. Finish this sentence. A modern entrepreneur is... Dynamic. And what is something no entrepreneur should be without? A good laptop. A a good (laughs) laptop. Technology for the win. Thank you for being our guest today, Laurel. It was a pleasure to speak with you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Modern Entrepreneur podcast series. For more information and to hear more, visit campbellriver.ca.